Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. We will be tweaking the format for our news briefs a little bit. We will be giving you more than the usual number of headlines, but this time you will be getting them all in one go weekly, every Friday. It is the first week of the second half of President Rodrigo Duterte's term. We look into the accomplishments so far when it comes to infrastructure and connectivity, the challenges that remain, as well as plans for the next three years. We'll get it straight from the cabinet members themselves. You've seen the pictures of a cleaner divisoria cleared of illegal vendors and obstructions to traffic. We will hear from experts on other ways to beautify the city. One suggestion, turn the golf courses into public parks. We also know that being in Manila means breathing in dirty air. New data from the World Health Organization tells us just how bad the situation is. The once peaceful protests in Hong Kong have turned violent, but pro-democracy activists are saying they had no choice. And in the United Kingdom, we will listen to the Pavarotti of the pasture lands. Yan po ang headlines for this week. I'm Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At the start of the week, the Duterte administration's economic and infrastructure managers came together. It was the first of a three-part event dubbed Tatak ng Pagbabago 2019, the Pre-SONA Forum. They reported their achievements over the last three years, including record spending on infrastructure. For the first time in history, we exceeded 5% of GDP in infrastructure spending last year. This is double the average spending over the last 50 years. We expect to bring this up to further to 7% by 2022. Infrastructure modernization will provide a strong stimulus to keep our growth rate high into the foreseeable future. That was Finance Secretary Carlos Dominguez. The Department of Budget and Management disbursed more than 886 billion pesos last year for infrastructure. That is close to 380 billion pesos more than the allocation at the start of Duterte's term. Dominguez says over the next three years, they will accelerate the implementation of Build, Build, Build. But, he stressed, this will have to come with tax reform. The train law is an achievement of this administration. It provided a robust and revenue recurrent flow that supported our economic investments in modern infrastructure and expanded social services. Still on train, Public Works Secretary Mark Villar also presented developments in the railway system. To date, six railway projects are ongoing, while six more are due for construction. 
The government wants to extend our railways from 77 kilometers right now to close to 2,000 kilometers. This should benefit some 4.5 million passengers every day. The plan covers the Metro Manila subway, that would be the country's first ever underground railway system, that should run from Quezon City to Naiya Terminal 3, reducing travel time to only 36 minutes end to end. There will also be the MRT 7, which will serve commuters from Quezon City to Bulacan. The line should be ready by 2021. As for MRT 3, Sumitomo Mitsubishi began rehabilitation and maintenance in May. This should raise the number of operating trains from 15 to 20. Meanwhile, the LRT Line 1 Cavite extension between Baclaran and Bacoor should start operating partially in 2021. As for LRT 2's extension in Masinag, Villar said it is 61% complete. Another project, the North to South Commuter Railway, which would traverse Pampanga, Metro Manila, and Laguna by connecting three railway lines. PNR Phase 1 from Malolos to Tutuban, PNR Clark Phase 2 from Malolos to Clark, and PNR Calamba from Manila to Calamba. And of course, we cannot forget another historic project. Mindanao's first railway, the Mindanao Railway Project, is targeted to start construction by the fourth quarter of 2019 for its first phase. The first phase will run from Tagum City, Davao del Norte, to Digos City, Davao del Sur. It will reduce travel time from three hours to one hour. Pre-construction works, right-of-way, and site acquisition are ongoing. Phase 1 will be operational by 2022. Boosting connectivity is another item on the agenda. That is according to Eliseo Rio Jr., the former Department of Information and Communications Technology Secretary. Rio has been replaced at the DICT by Senator Gringo Hunasan. Having more infrastructure, we have our, our build, build, build program is to make more telecommunication towers. We have one of the lowest tower density in this region. We need around 50,000 more towers and we have attracted 23 tower companies that will invest in the Philippines, put money here in the Philippines to build these towers so that this can be leased out to the different telcos. Rio said the first step to digital transformation has already been taken when President Duterte wanted more competition in the form of a third telco player. The hope is to make connectivity so good that less people will actually need to travel and telecommute instead, thus easing traffic congestion. We have about how many thousands of uh, small meetings in, the, in Metro Manila. No? Now, if people don't have to go into these small meetings, that will reduce cars in our uh, roads by about, uh, we will eliminate about 100,000 a day of uh, vehicles in our roads. You know. Recently, experts on green cities came together at an Asia Society Philippines forum. They brought up a Harvard School of Design study about possibly redeveloping Manila, starting with Baseco, the port area, and the walled city. What you see around Intramuros is a green space 
but that's an exclusive space, which is the golf course. Do you know that the government is spending 20 million to subsidize the operation of that golf course? That means taxpayers are paying for the privilege of the golfers there. So we look at that uh, possibility that that golf course could be transformed into a public park. That was Arnel Casanova of global engineering firm ACOM. They partnered with Harvard on the study. So what are the possibilities for these uh, areas? Okay, we look at Baseco as a possible uh, redevelopment of the slums. We put up uh, rain harvesters, stormwater uh, reservoir, and also uh, created a design, an architectural design, that the poor people could put up uh, that would provide them privacy, and at the same time, a sense of community, courtyards in the slums, and then also uh, plant trees uh, in, the, in their midst. Then you have the port area, which could be transformed into a green space as well. Eventually, um, we look at the Intramuros, uh, which is the one of their oldest historical places. And then uh, we, we look at the possibility of uh, uh, also the redevelopment of the the river, uh, Pasig River, and the Intramuros area that would connect eventually to the Luneta Park. But in reshaping Manila, the voices of residents, especially the poor and marginalized, must be heard. Golda Hilario of the Institute for Climate and Sustainable Cities shared her views. One aspect is looking at things from a perspective of inclusion. If infrastructures are not people-centered, if options are not people-centered and you take away them from the planning, I guess propositions, even how green it is, will not fly. In other words, getting the perspective of the people themselves who are living here must be part of any plan to green the city. Can communities as depressed as slums or informal communities have the capacity to go green? Because I think uh, that would be one of the questions. Perhaps so. But we have to look at it from their perspective. And I think uh, our experience in Tacloban, working with them on what are their aspirations for low-carbon development, we asked just for our research, what is your view of a development? And how do you think you will, your development will be powered? They look at it from a perspective of economic efficiency. How do they save resources? <coughs> Still in and on Manila, although we may be speaking of any number of other cities in the capital, air pollution is 70% over safe levels set by the World Health Organization. That is according to a new city air pollution database under the UN's Breathe Life campaign. More than 120,000 Filipinos die annually due to dirty air. That includes almost 5,000 children per year. According to the UNDP, air pollution also shortens the average life by one year. Particulates, which are invisible airborne particles, are particularly dangerous. They can be made of soot, sulfates, or lead. And the tinier they are, the deadlier. UNDP says particulates with a diameter of less than 2.5 micrometers are absorbed directly into the brain, lungs, and bloodstream. These can cause lung cancer, stroke, heart disease, and diabetes. 
Fire alarms went off inside Hong Kong's Legislative Council at the start of the week as hundreds of protesters stormed the building. The incident marked the 22nd anniversary of the end of British rule and Hong Kong's handover back to China. Protesters this week wrought havoc, smashing touchscreen monitors, thrashing office supplies, leaving umbrellas and water bottles, and even vandalizing several areas. One vandalized column read, Hong Kong is not China. Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam condemned the protest, contrasting it with previous peaceful public demonstrations. But youth activist Joshua Wong said protesters had no other option. On Twitter, he said, quote, The protesters who broke into the Legislative Council complex were not rioters. They were not violent. Their objective was never to harm individuals. They wanted to make the regime hear Hong Kongers' voice. We already tried everything else. End quote. Last month, over a million protesters flooded the streets to block a controversial extradition bill. This would send suspected criminals to mainland China. Protesters see this as a way for the communist regime in China to detain pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong. To explain their cause, Hong Kong residents publish materials in various languages, including this one, in Tagalog. You're listening to Alfonso Camasa, an Italian vet. He loves to sing opera, but it's not humans he has for an audience in rural England. It's cattle. Okay, part of my job was definitely spending a lot of time on farm. So I, I, I've always been singing since I was basically six, seven. I mean, singing opera. And then one day I realized that I was very bored and I started to sing you know, just by standing by the crush and keeping doing my job. And then I just realized that both farmers and uh, cattle, they didn't complain. I'm, I, can't, I cannot say that they, they enjoyed it, but for sure they didn't complain. Kamasa, who has become a bit of a celebrity in the UK, says life on a farm can be tough. Singing is just a way to make it more enjoyable for the farmers, for himself, and yes, for the animals. Before we let you go, here's something you need to know. Some Grab drivers are planning to go on strike on Monday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. They are protesting policies by the LTFRB, saying these policies are keeping them from making a decent living. Grab itself is discouraging the action, but better plan your commute anyway. And that's it for this week's edition of Puma Podcast Headlines. For the latest episode, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Maraming salamat po. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.